Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we, we just pray that reminder that, that Charlie gave us as he was talking to our young disciples. That you help us to remember you. Remember your teachings. Remember how you have called us to love. Remember how you have called us to reach out to those who are in need. Help us to remember how to share all of the wonderful good gifts that you have given us with others. So God, we ask that you let the words of my mouth And the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, as as Charlie said, and as you can see by the communion table, today is Communion Sunday. It's a day that we come and we gather around the table to remember what Christ has done for us. We, we have a, a special term that we like to call communion. It's called a, a means of grace. And what that means is that it's a way that we are able to experience God's love in a tangible way so then we can pass it on to others. It's another way that we, reminds us to help us remember that we are a part of a new creation We're no longer just this wretched soul, but we are ones claimed by the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So I thought it would be fitting today for us to go to a feeding story, a story uh, in the Gospel of Matthew that you're probably familiar with. It's one that you've heard time and time again, but my hope And my prayer is that as we hear this scripture this morning, that we see something a little different that allows us to to experience God just like the disciples experienced him for the very first time. I I, uh, love doing little dramas and stuff, and there's a drama called Fish Eyes, which is a dramatization of the life of Jesus looking through the eyes of two of his disciples, Peter and Andrew, who were brothers. And and they're looking at Jesus' miracles, and you can see this, this wonderment, especially during this particular miracle. So I pray that you open your hearts and minds to hear God's word from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Hear the word of the Lord. When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. When the crowds learned this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion for them and healed those who were sick. That evening, his disciples came and said to him, This is an isolated place, and it's getting late. 
Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, There's no need to send them away. You give them something to eat. And they replied, We have nothing here except five loaves of bread and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. He ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves of bread and the two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, and broke the loaves apart, and gave them to his disciples. Then the disciples gave them to the crowd. Everyone ate until they were full, and they filled twelve baskets with the leftovers. About five thousand men plus women and children had eaten. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. See, in, in this play, Peter and Andrew are, are watching this miracle unfold, and they're, they're in the process of feeding those around them, and, and they get giddy. They get excited because they realize that what they had wasn't enough to begin with, but because of Christ's blessing. There was enough left over. And Andrew starts, stops handing out the food, and Peter's wondering what's going on, and Andrew looks up and he says, the people are fed up. Realizing he got in his words mixed up. But, you know, I think sometimes when we look at the miracles of God, we get fed up. We get fed up because we don't quite understand how we are to live out the way God has called us to live. We don't understand what the miracle is all about. We don't understand how that really plays relevance in our lives and how we can internalize that message in a powerful way. When I take a look at this passage, the very first thing that I see is that Christ has compassion. Christ has compassion. When he was there with the disciples, he was trying to get away. Right before this passage, as you saw at the beginning, he heard horrible news. That his cousin John, John the Baptist, who, who baptized him at the Jordan River, he was beheaded and killed. And we may have wondered what Jesus was thinking, how that placed him and, and what kind of danger he may have been in. Or we may have seen this amount of grief at losing someone so close, somebody that was, that was family, someone that really signified an important part of Christ's ministry. So Jesus wanted to get away. Jesus wanted to escape just to take time to breathe, to take time to pause. But we see as he pulls up on the shore side and people are gathering, Christ had compassion for them. It's not the first time we see this compassion come out. In Matthew chapter 9, we see the story of Jesus traveling down the road and a synagogue leader by the name of Jairus comes up to him. 
and he is pleading because his daughter has passed away and he says, God, I, Jesus, I know that if you just come, you will heal my daughter. And along the way, he's moving along and a woman who sees Jesus, who's dealing with this hemorrhaging, she reaches out and she touches the garment of Jesus' clothes. And Jesus feels the power come out of him and he turns around and the woman is scared and, and, and worried about what this Christ is going to do to her. But she, he says to her, dear sister, take heart. I have, have compassion on you. You are healed. Your faith has made you well. If you look at the rest of Jesus' miracle story, you see that this compassion plays over and over again. Every single time that Jesus has a chance to heal, he could have turned around and he could have walked away, but he made sure that he was there for those in need. There are ways that we can become compassionate too. One of the ways that we can be compassionate is that we need to be more considerate of each other. And one of the ways that we are considerate is by listening, taking time to, to hear each other's stories, to understand what's going on in each other's lives and fully active, be active in our caring, be active in our listening, be active in our presence there had a friend named Rob who was talking about his kids. And his kids, whenever, he tried, whenever they tried to get his attention, they would say his name three times. Dad, Dad, Dad. Finally, one day, Rob got kind of sick of this, and he told them, why do you say my name three times? And the kids said, well, Dad, it's because... It takes the third dad for you to actually listen to what we want. <laughs> See, sometimes we are in such a hurry that we don't want to be compassionate. We don't want to stop. We don't want to listen. Now, that's one of my big faults. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking ahead. I'm trying to, to see what the next thing that I need to do. So sometimes whenever I'm in the middle of a conversation, I probably shouldn't be saying this because I'm telling something on me. You may see that my, my gaze is just kind of off a little bit. That's because I'm still busy thinking about what's next that I forget to be fully aware in the moment. So please, call me out on that. If you see this little gaze happen in my mind, call me out on that because I want to be fully present, to be considerate to those who are around me. The other thing is that we need to use more than words. See, Jesus, he didn't look at those who came to be healed and he said, you're fine, you're good. He actually used actions. One of my favorite passages from, from James chapter 2 verses 14 through 18. It reminds us by saying, my brothers and sisters, what good is it if people say they have faith but do nothing to show it? Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? Imagine a brother or sister who is naked and never has enough food to eat. 
What if one of you said, "Go in peace, stay warm, have a nice meal"? What good is it if you don't actually give them what their body needs? In the same way, faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful activity. Someone may claim you have faith and I have action, but how can I see your faith apart from your actions? Instead, I'll show you my faith by putting it into practice in faithful action. So we have to not only just speak the words, but we have to show compassion. We have to show those words. We have to show the people that we care about. Them that we are a part of them. That leads us to the next thing that Jesus did. Jesus could have easily just said, "Here's a meal for you all. You guys are all taken care of." But no, Jesus made sure the disciples were a part of this miracle. In the scripture, we see that Jesus said, "Give it to the people." See, it is a reminder of the the breaking of the bread and the feeding of the fish. It is a reminder that we have a part to play. That it's not just Jesus doing all of these things around us, but we are supposed to be with Jesus, working alongside the work that He's already doing. When I was in Wichita, Kansas, I. Tried uh, my best to drive around and and help out homeless people that I would see uh, sitting alongside the road. And one time I was uh, pulling up to a Target, and right beside was a Stroud's uh, meal place that had the best pies, and, and I, I really wanted a pie. And I saw this guy sitting by the Target with a with a sign. Saying, "I will work for food," and I pulled up and said, "Would you like to have lunch with me?" And of course, I got this startled look from him. What? What do you mean? He said, "Would you like to have lunch with me? I'm going to go over here to Stroud's and I'm going to eat. Would you like to join me?" And he nodded and he said, "Sure." So we sat down and we talked. See, sometimes. We need to connect in that way, and it's do more than just hand money out. We want, we need to let people know that that we are there with them. See, that's what Jesus was doing at this miracle. He wasn't just saying to the disciples, "Watch, watch what I can do," but Jesus was saying, "I want you to see." What it is like being in community with all of these. People, I want you to to see them face to face. I want you to build relationships with them, even though there are five thousand plus people there. I want you to be a part of this great work that I am doing. But I think the disciples have the same idea and the same mindset that we do. We can't do this. We we can't be a part of of what God is doing, but my friends, the thing we must remember is that Jesus believes in us, even when we don't believe in ourselves. 
Jesus believes in us, even when we don't believe in ourselves. It could have been easy for, for Jesus to dismiss the disciples and, and do the miracle by, by himself. But Jesus, as I said, wanted to make sure the disciples knew that they mattered. Jesus blessed the food, but then he gave it to his disciples because he knew that they can take care of the task. Later in the Gospel of John, Jesus reminds the disciples and reminds us of these words. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. They will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. When we live a faithful life in Christ, when we're filled with doubt, but we move forward in faith, knowing that God is there with us, that the power of Christ is in us because Christ has given us that power, we are able to do amazing things, wonderful things, to share Christ's love for others. As I said, today is Communion Sunday. And as we come to the table, we are reminded of the work that, that God has done. We are reminded that Jesus has gathered us all together to share in the breaking of the bread and in the pouring of the cup. My hope and my prayer is as we gather at this table, as we share in this meal, we remember that we don't have to do this on our own, that we have our fellow brothers and sisters, but more importantly, we have a God through Jesus Christ who loves us and cares for us and will never abandon us and will give us power to do more because of his love for us. Let us pray. Dear God, you have given us an opportunity, an opportunity to be your hands and feet, an opportunity to remember that each meal that we participate in is a holy reminder of your love for us. And God, you call us to share. So today we gather at this table and we share your love and grace with each other so that we may then go out and share this love and grace to the world. So we remember that as we pray in your holy name. Amen.